We are on Hollywood Boulevard. And and Karen has already been yawning, so I'm going to take the driver's seat. Um, wish me luck on the highway. Uh, yeah. So, Karen, do you have anything that you want to talk about? I do. Tell me more. I watched, and I have one episode left, Vikings Valhalla. I mean, you couldn't squeeze in the last episode? No, I couldn't. I got busy. <laughs> so sorry. It is so good. Is it? Oh my god, yeah. Is it part of the Vikings overall series? Is this like a franchise? It's like a spin-off. Okay. It's like a spin-off. Okay. It's like what 1883 is to Yellowstone, yes! Vikings Valhalla. Okay. Yes. So okay. Never got into original Vikings. We've tried to watch it a few times, and we can't seem to get past the first episode. So I don't a know. Few times, it's maybe not for you, but that's that's interesting. If this one is, I know that's why I had serious doubts. I was like, you know, because the husband was like, "I've heard it's really good," and I'm like, "We haven't been able to get through Vikings. How like does it matter if it's real? Everybody said Vikings was really good. We couldn't get through it." This was really good, and we were able to get through it. And I'm not quite sure why. I feel like maybe because it it gave us a purpose right away, something to strive for, while, like, the original Vikings, that first episode kind of felt like it was this plotting thing, and you didn't quite know what the hell was going on, and, you know, where was the conflict? So this this is tighter in terms of, like, there's a plot, you know, characters are in the way tighter going way tighter you already know like there's gonna be a story like and i think it it come it starts with like leaf erickson out to sea out at sea and there's a storm and he's the only boat that makes it there and he's like he comes to i guess mainland viking world because he lived in greenland for a long time and so so it's and so you're like well why is he why did he come to the mainland viking world and why didn't he stay in greenland and we're gonna learn all of this and and so and so you you sort of are asking those questions at right from the start and so it sucks you in very quickly they did the they did that great thing that Netflix is so friggin' good at doing with the cliffhangers, like every episode, like that bingeable thing where you're like, well, well, now I need to know what happens next. You know, like Netflix is the master at this. I don't think there's any, any streamer that has like figured out that, that, that secret sauce the way Netflix How to, has. how to keep, keep yeah, watching. Like how to um, make it bingeable. So this is directly for Netflix. Yes, right. it's not whereas like the it's regular Vikings was for the History Channel. I think it was for History Channel, which yeah. is so weird. Yeah, so this is basically um, the I don't know how true, like true and history rooted in history. This stuff it's is. like loose historical fiction. I like guess. Leif Erikson is real, obviously. Yeah, but maybe, um, yeah. maybe what he did in every episode is probably all the circumstances. Well, yeah. so I don't know if there was a peaceful sort of coexistence between the British and the Vikings, but in this series, there there has been, and and the and the the English are convert are in the process of like converting them to Christianity. So like at this point, most of them are converted Christians, but there are still some holdouts that believe in, you know, the old gods Um, and including the Greenlanders. Um, But then, 
and the Vikings are like part of the royal court in Britain. And then all of a sudden the king of England turns against them and basically slaughters them all. Um, and, and the ones that, or, with the exception of the ones that escape, they go back to, um, they're able to go back to Viking land there, Norway or wherever, and sort of tell the tale of what happened. And now, like, now they're going to go get the British. Like, this is all about revenge, right? This is, and so, and so this whole, this whole series is about how they're, they're, you know, getting revenge on the British and they're storming London and, and there are battles and there's a lot of eye candy because there's some very good looking guys. So anyway. Are they like all Scandinavian models that have been cast on this show? Or like not models all of actors? Not all of them, and some of them. I think like one is one of the actors is actually Australian, um, who's quite good. I mean, you know, he's quite good looking, um, but and the acting is actually very good, um, but they're definitely eye candy, like faux show, faux show, um, and you know, and and also there's uh, not Freya or Frida, but it was like something like that. Her the 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 sort of like main character the female main character um is sort of like this badass she ends up being this sort of badass viking warrior and that's and that's kind of a cool journey to see her go on to because it kind of splits so like half of the series goes to england and the other half of the series goes to like this mythical norse god place where you go to pray to the gods right um so so there's a little bit of like woo woo mythology going on and and a little bit of witchcraft and that sort of thing um while there there's also sort of you know the battle of britain and and the kings and all of that so anyway i think it's really well done and it's super bingeable and i really enjoyed it it sounds cool i mean like you've said it how netflix knows how to keep you going and and it knows especially like you know how how to f- to feed that desire for more when you get to the end of each episode so yeah sounds like it. i've never seen the any of the viking seasons or any iterations of it on history channel so it wasn't even really that attentive i just knew that there was this new vikings uh, valhalla show um no i don't know if at some point i will get around to it but i can see it being a really good time yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I liked it and I really loved it, obviously. And I liked it so much that I think I'm going to try Vikings one more time. Maybe if I can just get to episode two, maybe I should just skip episode one and go straight to two. How many times have better. you guys tried to watch it? It's been like three or four. Have you only seen episode one that yes. three or four times? Okay. Yes. Yeah, try one more time and then it's really not for you. Yeah. And maybe I'll just skip right over episode one, go straight to episode two. Maybe it's better. I don't know. So what have yeah, you got? Try that. Well, I watched a movie called Fresh, which is on Hulu. Have you heard of it? Mm-mm, I have not. So a uh, spoiler alert in advance, because I have to set it up. And the only way I can even set it up is to already give away a, a piece of the plot. But it is uh, a woman probably 20 something woman is tired of like the online dating scene she's only meeting guys that are jerks then all of a sudden this one guy picks her up at a supermarket um and turns out to actually be a cool guy and you know very quickly like their relationship escalates and then they decide to go uh, on this trip 
and she goes, you know what, we're going to be driving. Let's get up early the next morning and spend the night before at my family's house, which will get us closer. She goes with him to uh, to to this this house, and at this point, we're about thirty or so minutes into the film and this guy is like dreamy and she thinks it's a real love connection. All of a sudden she starts not feeling very well. Uh, and he admits that he has um, poison- spiked her drink and she wakes up. She is now chained to a wall in one of the many bedrooms in this house. Uh, and at that point is basically, I think, when the cre- opening credit or opening title even begins to show. Oh, wow. Um, and it turns out this is not a romantic comedy. It's not even a romantic drama. This is a thriller because the guy who is a doctor, it turns out, kidnaps women who don't have much family, who don't have many ties, and and basically, like, harvests them and, like, body part by body part, limb by limb, uh, processes their meat to really high-paying clientele that wants women's meat. So he he kills these these women and and sells their meat. And so it's will she and any of these other women that are being held captive outsmart and survive him? Wow. So so it's not a straight-up thriller because it actually is like a black comedy thriller. It's actually got a black comedy bent to it. Um, but nothing is as good as the setup, which, which really does pack a a neat punch and the rest of the movie can't quite live up to it. It's sort of like a, like a battle of the sexes, uh, riff on get out, which is you want this woman to be able to get out of the house where she's being held captive, but you also get that it's a very blunt metaphor that the creative team has in mind for like how dating is bad, how all men are terrible, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, so yeah, it, you know, it leans into um, the, the whole thing about like, Oh, I mean, God, they're, you know, he's, harvesting them for meat how disgusting how gross but there also seems to be even still in captivity a bond between the woman and the man where will this go it doesn't quite keep me guessing along the way because it eventually um uh, the script by lauren khan kind of becomes a fairly formulaic thing Hmm. but but the fact that it's not straight up like thriller or like uh, revenge porn as much as it is like a black comedy works in its favor. Uh, and there are three main characters. The woman, her name is Noah, is played by Daisy Edgar Jones, who is probably best known for the Normal People um, miniseries on Hulu a couple of years ago. And Sebastian Stan is um the guy who has kidnapped her um i think steve is the name he gives her um and he's also in that pam anderson tommy lee documentary yes which i still need to watch yes um so so he's hulu's guy adam mckay's name is on this as a producer and he's the only name i recognize in the as part of like the executive creative team, but I'm not sure what his hand was in finding this or producing it or bringing it to Hulu or marketing it or what. Um, if you're squeamish 
I think for the most part, it's okay. I think it's 80% suggestion, 20% uh, portrayal in terms of like what what's graphic. Um, but, but it's more about just what it's, you know, suggesting in your head. Um, not, um, not a must see. What I will say is I'm very impressed by, um, Daisy Edgar Jones in particular as the woman. And the third person I mentioned is a friend of hers named Molly, who is on the outside and starting to suspect that something is wrong and, and starting to really look into it. And that actress, Jonica T. Gibbs is, um, I think doing a great job. And that's the kind of role because this friend, Molly, um, is black that could fall into cliche, like, oh, the person of color getting involved, um, you know, being on the periphery, but also putting themselves in danger, that sort of thing. Right. uh, Could have been the stuff of cliche. And in the end, I found it to not be, both in terms of the writing and in the performance. Um, I do think from a directorial standpoint, Mimi Cave, and I think this is her feature debut, does a really great job. I mean, I think, you know, some of the shots, the cinematography, the lighting uh, are fairly clever and in a nimble way remind you that this is still a comedic thriller and not a gross out thriller. So, so kudos to them for that. Um, So, you know, a mild recommendation, but if you already have a list of things to see, this doesn't need to uh, be prioritized over any of that. Okay. Good to know. Um, yeah, and that's, you know, I, I was telling Karen before the podcast, I was not able to, to log into my, uh, work account, I working from home, um, because of a screw up on the air end. So I was waiting and waiting and waiting for them to get me access again. So this is what I watched. Oh, is that, that's what you were doing while you were waiting. <laughs> Part of the time. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, I'm just going to chillax and watch some TV. That's right. No one the wiser until now. Cool. Have you seen anything else? Probably, but like, fucked if I can remember. Life is hard, I know. It Life is. Life is busy, is. I know. Um, well, I'll talk real quickly about a show that I saw last week, too. Okay. Um, an off-Broadway show at the, the MCC theater space in Midtown. I think it's a real fun musical called Space Dogs. Oh, yeah, okay. So it's a, a real sort of tongue-in-cheek kind of rock opera that is a two-hander, um, two musical theater actors that I've liked both of them, Nick Blameyer and Van Hughes, chart the Soviet end of the space race um, during the Cold War. Oh, wow. <laughs> as seen through the eyes of the dogs that were their guinea pigs, so to speak, in trying to to get man to space and test their spacecraft. Um, you know, they, they sent various dogs up and not all of the dogs came down. And using a bunch of very cute, plushed, stuffed animals, covering a bunch of different species, they, they, they talk about what it was like, particularly one dog, Laika, who went up um, in Sputnik 2, um, where where they were last seen. Um, so one of the actors, in addition to, to giving us some context and addressing the audience and breaking the fourth wall, the actor Nick Blameyer also sort of voices the dog. Um, and Van Hughes um, plays the, the chief designer 
of the spacecraft. So they give us a lot of the context of what was happening post-war, what was going on in Russia, what was going on in America during the, the 50s as um, uh, both countries had factions that were trying to be the first to get up into space and what that ultimately meant for a bunch of like stray dogs from Moscow. Um, and it's a, you know, it's a cute kind of... I don't want to say lowbrow because that really does it a disservice, but but if but but an easily accessible uh, kind of portrait of uh, you know like a small chapter of twentieth century uh, political and scientific history, and the you know the stuffed animals are really cute. And then the other thing is, and this is I think what also won me over. The songs are very well done. The lyrics are clever and the delivery is really well done as well. So, um, you know, I, I applaud them. I give them a hand because this is kind of an innocuous idea done, I think, a cut above some of the other shows that I've seen all season long. You know, I think the music is good. The lighting design is spectacular. Um I'm going to say her name, Mary Ellen Stebbins, because she is to be saluted. You know, it's sort of an unassuming show um, that seems to have a kind of silly or sophomoric premise that's actually given the weight it deserves. Uh, and I think that, that they're to be commended for that. So that's Space Dogs, which has a couple more weeks at the, the Wilson theater space with the mcc theater and they apparently have a bunch of talkbacks going on we didn't stay for the one our night but just a couple days later i.e last night cameron crow came and did a talkback really i don't know what the connection even is necessarily and i'm kind of annoyed it wasn't the night i was there but um but goody for them oh that's interesting i wonder why yeah, I could probably look and see when they announced his name what what the connection is. I don't I don't I mean anything that's a musical is potentially a tie for Cameron Crowe because he's Mr. Music, but right. um but but yeah, so that was that show and um uh Ellie Heyman, I should look that up. Give me a second to confirm the director's name. Can I find it? Yeah, Ellie Heyman is the director, and uh, she should be saluted as well. Cool. Anyway, poor Laika, but uh, I do recommend the show. Poor puppies. Also, there's one tease, because they have all of these stuffed animal dogs that are just (laughs) sitting on a perch, uh, like on a dais at the beginning of the show, before the show starts. And at one point, uh, Nick Blameyer throws each and every doll into the audience so i'm like oh my god that's so cool every night they're giving these dogs away and we all get to go home with them and i even had one that they threw and i caught and then like midway through the show they ask for us to throw them all back yeah you didn't get what if you like stuffed it in your backpack i mean potentially i could have but i kind of feel like they're aware of all of the dogs because they use all of the dogs um and they also made a point of saying that there were cameras all over the theater so you couldn't walk away with them so you couldn't so, steal the dog oh so, yeah. that's a bummer that's a bummer yeah the puppy police <laughs> i all right um i think next week is probably a good time for me to do another little 
little recap of some more of the Oscar movies that I promised I would I would say before the ceremony, which is later this month. So if there's a couple movies you want me to weigh in on, um, reach out to us. You can talk to me on talk to me talk to both of us on our Facebook page back on the block pod, and um, you were pretty responsive. Um, Karen, I started talking like you didn't have anything else to bring up. I hope uh, that I didn't just talk over you if there was something else you wanted to uh, No, I got nothing. Mention. Okay. Well, plenty of something to me. Aww. Thanks. Uh, but I think that'll be a wrap for us tonight. Um, so yes, more Oscar movies and, and gosh knows what else on my end. And Karen, maybe you'll have more to say about Vikings. Yeah, who knows what I'll watch on my end. Alright, Doug, I'm going to bed. All right. It is time for bed. You guys take care, be good, stay safe, and we will see you next week back on the boulevard.